You're listening to Thunder Quack Podcast Network. It may look like an ordinary podcast, but this one's bigger on the inside, and it can travel anywhere in time and space. Pack your sonic screwdrivers and your jelly babies. Grab your hats, scarves, and tighten your bow ties. You're the companion now, so get ready to run with your hosts, Jason Hunt and Paul Gann. This is Talking Time Lords. Hey everybody and welcome back to their fantastic episode of Talking Time Lords. This is episode number 48, Asylum of the Daleks Story Review. I am as always one of your hosts, Jason Hunt, and with me, my podcasting companion through time and space, we have Paul Gann. Why do you get the milk for the supplies? <laughs> what? <laughs> How's it going, Paul? I'm crazy. <laughs> You're moving crazy? I'm crazy. Um, yeah. Uh, just a heads up. Um, I've been working a really weird schedule at work. Been getting a lot less sleep because of it. Um, been moving for the last two weeks. Finally got that over with. If I start giggling and cackling like Dalek Khan in our last <laughs> episode with the Tenth Doctor, you guys understand why. Because I'm crazy. <laughs> uh yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, before we get into this episode, uh, featuring, of course, the 11th Doctor, Matt Smith, we do have one little itty-bitty-bitty bitty bit of news that I thought was kind of cool that came out uh, just a couple days ago as, as of the time of this recording. Actor David Suchet has been announced to guest star in an episode or so of Doctor Who for Series 10. And for those of you going, who is David Suchet? Well, if you ever watched the uh, show Poirot, featuring uh, Hercule Poirot, the detective from Agatha Christie's long line of mystery novels, um, that's where he's from. The title character of Hercule Poirot, which is a fun word to say and a fun show to watch. So if you're curious to see what he might be bringing to the table, go watch his show. It's on Netflix. And it's, it's kind of interesting, too, because uh, Peter Capaldi has played on his shows before as well. So this will be a reuniting of those two actors. Yes. I don't know. He looks pretty cool in the publicity photo that they released with the announcement that he's going to be in the show. Yeah. Uh, Just too bad they didn't give us any information at all about what he's going to be doing. Uh, other they, than the, they say they, he's going to be playing the landlord. 
Yeah. That's a lot of information, right? Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, we were saying before we started the show, uh, that Radio Times had an article, uh, where they were talking about five things that we wanted to speculate about, uh, the landlord in, uh, the new season of Doctor Who. And, uh, they were talking about how is it possible that he could have been, uh, a time lord like the doctor and, um, that he possibly could have been uh, either a past f- uh, ally or a past foe, foe of some kind, you know. And uh, you know they were talking about look, look at his puffy red suit, you know, and look at you know they were starting <laughs> to point out little aspects of things from the picture, and they were like, look, he's holding keys in his hand. Could that be a TARDIS key of some kind, you know? And yeah, it was kind of funny because the whole thing was kind of it was done sort of to be spoofy, you know, like they were having fun with it, you know? Yeah. And, and, and they, and they were like, look, he has a name just like the doctor or the master or the Ronnie. He's the landlord, you know? And, <laughs> and they were saying, and we're even halfway there because it has Lord in the name, you know? <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. It was kind of, it was kind of fun to read, you know, <laughs> the, the one thing in favor of that idea is, in the article anyways, and I don't know if this is Radio Times or uh, the official release, the landlord yeah. is capitalized. So it's the, the capitalized right. and then landlord capitalized. Right. So, you know, that's the one thing in favor of that theory. So we'll see what happens. <laughs> um, and if David Suchet is a time lord, uh, I'm I'm definitely okay with that. Yeah. So <laughs> I've always wondered, you know, they, they've got, you know, the master, the doctor, the Ronnie, and then Romana. Yeah. <laughs> she seems a bit out of place there. Um. Well, I, I think that once you get to a certain level of hierarchy or whatever, you start, you know, being able to pick your own title or whatever. I think. Uh, I don't, I've never, I've never seen that officially put, you know, in writing or anything anywhere. But that just seems to be the case. You know, of course, then you have Rassilon, you know, and he he doesn't have oh, a code name, you know, of any kind. So he, he's uh, not the Rassilon, right? <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and it's not the Omega. It's just Omega. Yeah. So, of course, anyway. O- you know, Omega's probably a code name in itself, though, you know. True. Anyway, we've probably talked more about that news than there is to actually talk about that news. Um, <laughs> so let's move on into the episode. <laughs> Spoilers. Real quick, Paul, before we dive into this, this is, of course, Asylum of the Daleks. It was the first episode of Series 7, uh, and it was written by Stephen Moffat, directed by Nick Huron, and was originally aired September 1st of 2012. Real quick, overall thoughts on this episode before we start jumping into the details? I, I, it was fun for me, you know, um, especially getting to see all of the different Daleks and things at the beginning. And like I said on our, our last episode, you got to see the new versions of the Daleks, you know, mixed in with all of the classic versions and stuff. And mm-hmm. um, the the premise gave me a couple of questions starting out, especially seeing as how our last several episodes you know, with the Daleks were going with them 
looking for Dalek DNA and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But then I sort of kind of made my head cannon make sense of it as the story was progressing because I was able to say, okay, I can see why this would be this way. You know, so I was able to, to pretty much just go with it at that point. And, and once I did that, I, I was cool with it. It was, I had fun with it, you know? Yeah. It, it, it's a fun episode. Um, it, it's not the greatest, but it's a fun, it's a fun episode. It's a, it's a really good one. Um, I think it, it's, there are aspects of this that I'm not, very keen on but we'll get mm-hmm. that as we go um, well there's there's parts of it that are intentionally made to tug at your heartstrings and you know that kind of thing and it, whether or not that's necessarily needed in any episode or whatever is is up to personal opinion i think and you know yeah well we'll get into some of those details as we go but i do want to real quick uh just mention we get a new companion, at least that we've talked about here uh, with the Daleks, that being Rory. He was not in Victory of the Daleks, so we didn't talk about him. Before we get into this, just real quickly, uh, what are your thoughts on Rory? I love Rory. <laughs> I, I love Rory. I can relate to Rory because uh, Rory is that that lovable underdog that people don't expect a whole lot from but then he proves himself to be more on, on, on a couple of different levels. I think that people can relate to him sort of and identify with him uh, to be a little bit like themselves a lot of times, you know, because a lot of times you can feel like that, that guy that everybody underestimates, you know, and then sometimes not even trying, you can come back and, and prove them wrong, you know, just by being yourself, you know, and I think that that can be a cool thing. Yeah. No, I, I'm a fan of Rory. And, of course, he's, you know, fairly far along in his character arc in this episode. Uh, you know, he's only got a couple episodes left at this point. So I'm really enjoying Rory at this point in his story as a character where he's a little bit more confident and a little bit more sure of himself, even though, mm-hmm. you know, everyone looks to the Doctor still. And so, yeah, I'm a fan of Rory. I, I'm probably more of a fan of Rory than I am of Amy. To be perfectly honest, well, she can be a little bit, a little bit more abrasive, I think, sometimes than he can, for sure. You know. Yes. You know, number one, she's Amy. Uh, number two, <laughs> Rory is a bit more, uh, how should we say, passive. Um, <laughs> to a so, certain extent, you know. Yeah, to a certain extent. But so. you know, I also, I also like the the story arc of their relationship too, and we can get into that a little bit more in other episodes, I think. But. She starts out obviously being the dominant of the two, and by the time I think you get to the end of their arc, um, I think she has realized that she depends on him a lot more than she wants to admit. Right. You know. And we will we'll get into some of that as we talk about this episode. Let's jump into it. We open up on Scarrow, which is a complete mess. <laughs> because of the seventh doctor. <laughs> Yeah, Sylvester McCoy really did a number on Scarrow, shall we say. Um, it's it's just ruins the whole planet. And I always wonder, whatever happened to the Thals? Oh, think about that. Pretty sure Seven kind of wiped them out um, well, as collateral damage. Technically, Davros wiped them out. You know, he did warn him, remember? He warned him. He said, if you do this, you will regret it. You know, basically, not in those exact words, but... You know, he warned right. him ahead of time, and you know he proved himself right. You yeah, know? I like yeah. to think I like to think that the Thals had gotten off of Scarrow at that point, or at least some I of like them to... have, because yeah. we've seen them on other worlds at this point. 
So right. with the third doctor. Spiridon and yeah. yeah. Anyway, we open up on Scarrow, uh, where a woman named Darla has attracted the doctor's attention. And so Eleven shows up, uh, you know, tightening his bow tie and trying to look all intense as he assesses the situation. Darla wants the doctor to rescue her daughter from a Dalek prison camp that she escaped from. Right. But the doctor is like, yeah, I don't really think you escaped. (laughs) You're a trap and you don't know it, was, I believe, the quote. Yeah. (laughs) And this is uh, kind of a reiteration of something we've seen kind of on another level with uh, the the Robo-Men. Right. Uh, To a uh, more subversive end, however, Mm -hmm. uh, because... Darla is a sleeper agent of the Daleks, and as soon as, you know, the Doctor is confirmed, her programming becomes active, and, you know, that wonderful thing that happens with Dalek sleeper agents in the new series, you know, that eye stock comes bursting out of their forehead, which is just... Ah. <laughs> I, I always just go, Ugh, every time I see that. And not necessarily because of the design, it's just the idea of that thing... Yeah spontaneously sprouting out of someone's head. It, it also reminds me of the episode that we had with Satellite 5 where they could snap their fingers and their forehead came open, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Is that it? Yes, that's the brain. Um, anyway, yeah. And um, so Darla stuns the Doctor as the Dalek Saucer arrives to capture and take him away. And the Doctor is not the only one on the Dalek's uh, collection list. Amy and Rory... And if you haven't watched the uh, mini episodes that were leading up to the season called A Pond Life, you did you were really caught off guard, I feel. Which those uh, were done by, by their the relationship. New, those were done by the new showrunner that's coming uh, in season eleven, by the way. Uh, oh Chibnall. Yeah, Chibnall did the Pond Life episodes. So Okay. And if you hadn't seen those, because those were just web exclusives, um, as far as I remember, uh, you were caught way off guard. With Rory and Amy's relationship at this point, they are in the process of getting a divorce. Amy is pursuing a career as a fashion model, which Rory just calls it pouting at the camera. Right. Uh, and he is there to have her sign the divorce papers. Yeah. And, you know, even with me having seen all of the, the Pond Life episodes, it still felt a little bit jarring uh, to see that because you see them having difficulty at the end of those mini episodes, but you don't really see it that drastically until that moment, you know? And I think that is one of my biggest issues with this episode is the whole premise of Amy and Rory at the point where they are refusing to try and work things out and they are just sort of, you know, on the surface it appears giving up Mm -hmm. on each other. Right. Uh, and of course, we, we learn there's more to it than that later on in the episode. But I think my biggest issue is forcing that aspect of their relationship. I could understand if they're strained and maybe, you know, not, you know, kind of separated, but getting to the point of, you know, making it final with a divorce seems really extreme for Amy and Rory, especially right. with everything that we've seen the two of them go through. As someone who's been through a divorce, uh, I can see a little bit uh, kind of how they could get to that level, but it just seems really sudden, you know, um, it, it, right. it just seems like, you know, that, that it almost feels like it's happening, you know, in 
just a few weeks or something. And I understand that the reason why the whole pond life thing was there was to show the progression of time and everything. But it, because of the way that it's put together in the story, it just feels like it's sudden, you know, and, and right. that, that, that feeling of it being so sudden was really jarring for me. Unfortunately, Amy's makeup artist and the bus driver that for the bus that Rory is taking to leave are also both Dalek puppets and the two of them are teleported away that crackling sound that it made when that thing came out of their forehead kind of made my skin crawl a little bit you know it's it's like this (laughs) it's like someone is crunching walnut shells something like that yeah and it's you know in a grapefruit um (laughs) it's just a gross noise which means that anyway. the, the sound designer did his job well, right? <laughs> right. right. <laughs> the Foley artist probably crunched walnut shells in a grapefruit. Um, anyway, oh. uh, so everybody is in this, you know, prison cell basically, um, and much to the doctor's surprise, the Daleks don't want to kill them. They're not trying to exterminate them, and they, they've got them there for another reason. <laughs> And they go up, they see the Dalek Parliament, which is gigantor. Oh, that was um, so awesome to see that, though. You know, it was like, yeah. oh, wow. You know, it's just, they're everywhere. Oh, and, so big. And, and this Dalek. is the first time we Yikes. see the Dalek Prime Minister as well. Yeah, that's a new that's a new thing. Is we, we have the Dalek Prime Minister who is in this tube outside of the shell, basically. I, I guess that that was their alternative to doing the... The uh, the Dalek Emperor or the um, Supreme Dalek all over again, you know. Right, and they <laughs> they make a request of the Doctor, which is something the Doctor has never ever heard from the Daleks before. Save us, yeah. <laughs> and he he has this huh? puzzled look on his face, like, uh, what just happened, you know. <laughs> Well, this is new. <laughs> yeah, they, they start repeating it over and over and over again. And and then that look on his face, you know, he, he looks like the, the puzzled version of Scooby-Doo, basically, you know. Her? And, um, <laughs> yeah, he just stops and says, well, this is new, you know. <laughs> and that made me laugh out loud. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so it turns out the Daleks are concerned about uh, something going on on the Dalek Asylum, which is a planet, planetoid, that all insane Daleks are deposited on. Why, when the doctor asks, well, why don't you just kill them? Uh, the Prime Minister responds that, you know, why would we <laughs> why would we destroy that divine hatred since it's so beautiful? Right. Which really sets the doctor on yeah. edge. <laughs> he doesn't. He, yeah, he, he, he doesn't even remotely try to understand that. It, you know, it's... No. Yeah. <laughs> and basically, they're receiving this transmission from the surface of the asylum, and they don't know what to make of it, and it's freaking them out. They activate the feed, and we've got the opera from Carmen. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, the doctor makes some wise crack about, you know, oh, that's me there, you know. Playing the triangle, you know, got buried in the mix. Don't worry about it. Um, <laughs> I love that because it feels like the same scenario that you had, like with the first doctor, where you know he would make little 
comments about how he was at this, you know, event or that event and, or, you know, right. at this location at this point in time. And, you know, he would just act like it was nonchalant, you know, and, uh, they, they would look at him like, are you serious? And he would never even, you know, right. broach the subject again. He'd just move on to something else as if it was just, you know, normal everyday life, you know, <laughs> the, the opera is being played by a young woman by the name of Oswin Oswald. Um, hmm. which we will know her by a different name later on. Yeah. Um, <laughs> who's been hiding out in the remains of a crash star lander called the Alaska for a year. And she's kept the insane Daleks at bay for a year. How, you ask? By making soufflés. That's so crazy. <laughs> and the first thing he asks her, where do you get the milk? You know? <laughs> she's like, What? <laughs> and that's when the Daleks interrupt saying, this conversation is unimportant. Yeah. And the doctor's like, no, 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 you know. I think that that was an indicator for him that there was something not right to begin with, you know. Right, right, <laughs> which we'll get into later. The doctor discovers, you know, figures out what their plan is. They need to deactivate the energy shield um, that's around the asylum. Yeah. And to do that, they should just send a strike force a small strike force down to the planet to deactivate the shield so that they can bombard the planet. And the Daleks just sort of look at him like, you know, I ain't going down there. <laughs> right. And they look at him like, yeah, we know. And the doctor goes, oh, that's why we're here. Yeah. <laughs> so, they, they look at him like, uh, I ain't going down there. Are you crazy? I might get stuck down there. Right. You know? <laughs> right. And since the uh, the Alaska crashed, the whole idea is if something can, you know, rupture the planet's shield and get in, right. that means the Daleks can get out. And even the Daleks don't want the insane Daleks getting out. So, Well, see, this, for me, the premise of this episode, at first, the, the even the very first time I watched it, uh, based on what we had seen before uh, with all of the other episodes that we'd seen with... You know the 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 tenth Doctor especially and and uh, and with the eleventh on this last episode that we talked about uh, prior to this one, you know where they're looking to be able to have the Dalek DNA or whatever that they need to, to create more Daleks. I'm sitting here and I'm looking at this and I'm going, okay, you had an entire planet of Daleks that you could have <laughs> that you could have gotten DNA from, but then you know you, you get the explanation of they won't go down there because they're terrified you know, to go down there. And so that would be like the only thing keeping them from using that for their benefit was the mm -hmm. fact that they're, that is one of the few things in the universe that they're actually afraid of, you know, right. That and <laughs> the predator, which is their name for the doctor. Uh, they, the Daleks, you know, say, you know, here, wear these bracelets. That way the nano cloud won't affect you. And then they shoot them at the planet in a gravity beam. Yeah, and Rory's like, wrong way up, wrong way up. <laughs> yep, he's going down head first. It's not good. Um, oh. They, you know, everybody starts waking up after their landing. Amy meets a guy in a white coat, you know, a white parka, basically, and finds the doctor after the doctor has woken up to find a Dalek eye watching him. It appears that Oswin has basically hacked into the entire Dalek network on the asylum and she's you know basically using this dalek eye to track the doctor you know you know and she's got access to all the cameras and everything and, and she is uh, basically in the system 
helping the doctor along. She's 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 uh, she's his version of Oracle from Batman. <laughs> A little bit, yeah. <laughs> when Amy and the other man uh, show up, uh, the doctor decides that they need to go find Rory first. Uh, and then they'll go to the wreckage of the Alaska because Harvey, who's the man, uh, says he was a crew member of the Alaska, which you go, wait, wait, what? <laughs> because Oswin said that she was the last one, didn't she? I think so. She she basically was saying that she was the only survivor, uh, if I'm not mistaken. Um, mm-hmm. I, I would have to go back and double check again, but I'm pretty sure that's right. Um, yeah. And... It's kind of interesting because she's basically holed up in what appears to be uh, some type of a living quarters to a certain extent. And, you know, it looks almost like, like a captain's quarters. Yeah, it looks like that she's boarded up the door and and trying to keep people out, you know. Um, and I know at the beginning of it, uh, you could actually hear the Daleks outside. And she got to the point mm. where it was bothering her so much that she covered her ears up and basically curled up in a ball in the corner and was like, I'm not going to listen to this. I'm not going to listen to this, you know, without actually saying the words. And um, you, mm-hmm. you, so you could tell it was kind of affecting her a little bit, you know, uh, to hear their voices and stuff. Um, unfortunately, finding Rory is going to be a little bit more difficult than they first anticipated because the gravity beam that dropped Rory off uh, went down this huge hole. Yeah. <laughs> what are the odds? <laughs> uh, right. <laughs> and of course, the hole leads down into the asylum itself where the Daleks are. Yeah. So uh, Harvey says, oh, I think I've got some rope that we can use to get down there back in the escape pod that he crashed in. Uh, So they run off this escape pod and Harvey is going to introduce them to the rest of his crew. And when he does that, the rest of his crew, yeah, they're they're all dead. They look like a bunch of mummies. Yeah, they're mummified skeletons. And Harvey is talking as if they crashed just a few days ago. Um, and he was like, I just talked there's... to them two hours ago. They can't be dead, you know? <laughs> and yeah, they, no, they, they look they like they've too. been dead for a lot longer than two hours is what they say. <laughs> <laughs> Essentially. <laughs> they all died. Oh. And Harvey goes, oh, yeah, that's right. I died, too, outside. That's why my body was preserved, because it got frozen. And um, apparently we find out that the nanocloud that the Daleks were warning them about or just sort of mentioned offhand, transforms any flesh into a Dalek. Living or dead. Yeah, living or dead. <laughs> and so when they uh, lock Harvey out, the skeletons start getting up. Yeah, which is creepy. <laughs> mm-hmm. When you start yeah. seeing a Dalek eye stock poking out of the uh, you know, front of a skull on a skeleton <laughs> that's standing up and walking towards you. Well, yeah. it, was, it was even more creepy because of the realization right before it happened of, oh, crap living or dead, you know? Right. <laughs> and so, yeah. <laughs> right. It was funny because the doctor was just spouting off all this information about, you know, <laughs> oh, this is what it does, and that's how the nanocloud operates, and it affects any li- tissue, living or dead, and all this stuff, and it keeps going. And, and Amy's like, uh, Amy's like, wait, 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 Living wait, wait. or dead? <laughs> living or dead? He's like, yeah, that's right. No, no, doctor, you said living or dead, right? Yes. <laughs> oh. <laughs> you, <know? Yeah>. you, <laughs> you almost expect to hear one of them go, Oh, you know, <laughs> right. Oh, um, thankfully, thankfully, 
there is a another area in this escape pod that they're able to lock themselves in, and conveniently, there's a hole in the in the floor with a ladder leading down. <laughs> and uh, we're yeah. like, about as this? about as convenient as Rory going through that hole. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. And it's their only way out now. Unfortunately, uh, in the confusion and the scuffle, the skeletons got Amy's protective bracelet. Yeah. And so, yeah, she's gonna start turning into Dalek. Not good. The amount of times Amy starts, you know, getting herself into these kinds of perils is uh, a lot, I've noticed. Yeah. The, the perils of, of, of uh, Amy fundamentally changing <laughs> in some way, shape, or form. She ends up having to do it, you know, face at least yeah. uh, a handful of times each season. <laughs> Like the girl who waited? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Or, you know, the girl who's trying not to become a Dalek. <laughs> I was thinking about this. Um, uh, think about if the Daleks had been able to get their their suckers on this uh, technology that they had in that planet, uh, which they had apparently uh, not had access to up until this point. Think about if they had had the technology in these earlier episodes that we talked about where they could just use the nanites to just turn humans into Daleks and be done with it. You know, there wouldn't even be a need for any of the other stories that we even went through, you know, right. Uh, no robo men, no yeah. slaves, you know, yeah, no, no enslaving entire cultures. You know, they could just no, no drop a, a no pig man, a nano cloud bomb, <laughs> right. <laughs> You just drop a nano cloud bomb yeah. on a group of people, and then voila, you got yourself some homemade Daleks. That would be an interesting storyline, I think, to see that happen, not necessarily for Earth, but to happen maybe on another planet, you know, and the, doc- oh, yeah. the doctor has to figure out a way to, to uh, fix that, you know, um, mm-hmm. and that would basically be a callback to this. Yeah. Rory finally wakes up on the cold, hard floor, and he is in a very dusty, cluttered room with some Daleks. However, the Daleks appear to be all rusty and dusty and inoperable. Yeah. And so Rory starts poking around and pushing and prodding one of them. And then he grabs one's eye stock to turn its head to take a look on the other side of the Dalek's head. And the Dalek's head turns back. Yeah. And he realizes and that, was... that it's just sleeping. Right. And, of course, you know, he trips over something and causes a noise, and they all start waking up. And, and it was really fun when the Dalek was starting to, you know, basically turn itself back on. And it was, you know, going, egg, zag, 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 zag. Yeah. <laughs> like it was, you know, revving up. Egg, zag, 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 zag. And Roy's like, I don't, I don't know what you want. What, eggs? And what? It, egg, you know? <laughs> he, he picks up one of the, the little balls that are in the Dalek casing. That has fallen out of a dollar. He's like, yeah. is this what you want? Are, are these eggs? Yeah. And you're like, oh, gosh. <laughs> Rory, of course, of course we get out of there. We know that they're dangerous, you know. Right. But he has no clue. <laughs> no. No, he doesn't. <laughs> eggs. Da. Me. Nate. And then he's like, he oh, goes, crap. Oh. <laughs> um, and, of course, he he's able to... Uh, with the help of Oswin, find an escape and, and get himself to the teleport room. Yeah. And away from the Daleks. The Doctor and Amy are making their way down 
into the asylum, and uh, Oswin starts giving them directions towards how to get to Rory. However, Amy is curious as to how exactly the nano cloud will affect her. Yeah. You know, it says it'll erase your memories, replace love with hate, transform her into a doll-like puppet, and, you know, it's already happening to you. What? How, how do you know? Because we've had this conversation four times already. Yeah. And when he said that, I immediately started thinking about um, uh, Hellbent and uh, Heaven Sent. <laughs> you know, where, look, we've already done this, you know. And it also made me, yep. it also made me think of uh, Zygon Invasion and Zygon Inversion. You know, we've already done this, you know. <laughs> we, how often right. do we have to have this conversation, you know. Um, so, yeah. Fifteen that, times, apparently. Having that, having that uh, prior experience with those latter episodes, it, it felt different going back and watching it this time because you're you're uh, inundated with that uh, information that you didn't have before, you know, and so you're you're seeing right. these parallels and things that you didn't have prior to this, and you're going, oh, oh, I, I didn't even realize that that felt like that, and that felt like that, and you know, and so yeah, it's mm-hmm. it's like a whole different experience watching it, you know, going back and watching it after you've seen these other episodes, right. Um, as the doctor and Oswin are talking about, you know, their plan and directions and everything, Amy starts to wander off. And she of wanders course, it's into, Amy. <laughs> right. But it's in more of a stupor that she wanders off. It turns out that she walks into the room that Rory had just been in. But instead of seeing Daleks, she's seeing people, you know, dressed up for a very, like a fancy dress ball of some sort. Right. And there's a girl in a ballet you know, outfit spinning pirouettes and, you know, people getting ready for a, a dance and that sort of thing. And Amy is very happy and that, you know, to, you know, have found these people and to, you know, try and be a part of what's going on there. And the doctor's like, no, 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 Amy, Amy, that's not what's going on. Look again. And she's like, what? And she looks away and looks back and, oh, it's all Daleks. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of oh crap moments in this episode. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> One of the Daleks notices them and rushes in to exterminate them. But since its gun isn't working, uh, the only way you can exterminate them is by, you know, self-destruct. And I loved doctor, this scene. <laughs> when the Doctor gets the Dalek to initiate the self-destruct, he goes looking for the reverse switch. Yeah. <laughs> um, not the reverse switch for the self-destruct, the reverse switch for the Dalek's motor systems. Right. <laughs> and he sends the impending self-destructive Dalek whizzing backwards out the hall, back into the room, crashing into the rest of the Daleks, just as it blows up. Did this feel second Doctor to you? Uh, a little bit. A little bit second Doctor, a little bit fourth Doctor. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I I thought it was great. Uh, I love you know, that. He... <laughs> He's, he basically, the Dalek says something to the effect of, you can't switch off my self-destruct or something like that. And he's like, I'm not looking to do that. I'm looking for reverse. <laughs> and the Dalek, right. that's the Dalek's oh crap moment. He's like, oh crap, <laughs> you know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and as it's whizzing backwards, the Dalek is going, forward, 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 forward. <laughs> oh, that was hilarious. At least to me, it, it was. was fun. <laughs> yeah. It reminded uh, me of the chase where the Dalek fell off the boat and landed in the water. You know, it was like, <laughs> <"Aah!"> you know? 
gosh, going back to the chase, that was one of the most random things that you know, the Dalek <laughs> chased somebody off the boat. Yeah, he just fell right like, off. Literally, they, they ran off the boat <laughs> trying to catch somebody. And I'm just like, what did you do that for? And the funny part about that, you know, the funny part about that was they weren't technically trying to kill the people on the boat at that point. They were trying to get information from them to find out where the doctor had gone. And the people were so afraid of them that they were running into the water and jumping off the boat. And the Daleks were following them into the water. It was like, ah, sploosh. And you see them just kind of go into pieces, you know. And it was, oh, it was, it was classic. I loved it. It was it was pretty funny. Of course, the explosion catches the attention of both uh, Rory and Oswin. Rory goes back out, looks outside, and there's the Doctor carrying Amy across, you know, the burnt and smoking battlefield. You know, he go he goes, who could have done something like that? Who do you think? You know, the Doctor's answer. <laughs> you know, I don't know. It's the Doctor. Um, <laughs> Amy is is getting to be in a bit of a rough spot. Uh, you know, she's starting to change. And it's affecting her mood. Uh, she slaps Rory when he goes, do you remember me? Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she slaps him and he goes, she remembers. <laughs> and Oswin is getting very concerned because, you know, hostility is uh, another aspect of you know the conversion process mm-hmm. from human to Dalek. And Amy's response is, someone's obviously never been to Scotland. Um, yeah. <laughs> Implying she's always hostile. Um, <laughs> oh, at least she's honest, right? <laughs> right, right. They they then figure out that from this teleporter room, they can basically uh, deactivate the shields and teleport out all at once. Well, Oswin can deactivate the shields, and then they can all teleport out. Yeah. And the doctor is like, okay, well, do that, and then meet us here. And Oswin's like, no. How do I know you're going to wait for me? You come to me, I'll deactivate it, and then we all go together. Fine. You know, we don't have any other way. And so the doctor, who's noticed the ish- the relational issues between Amy and Rory, leaves the two of them together. Yeah, he's been trying to figure room. out the entire episode how to fix this. Right, right. And, you know, Amy has made some sort of remark about, you know, it can't be fixed the way you fix your bow tie. Yeah. Although maybe it can, because, you know, they soon have a very heart-to-heart conversation about their uh, separation and divorce, because he, you know, he he basically says, you know, I'm going to give you my bracelet. Yeah, and she won't let him do Uh, it. Right. And we find out that, you know, he obviously still loves her very, very much, but she kicked him out. And she says, I gave you up because you've wanted kids forever. But yeah. with what happened on Demon's Run, I can never have kids. And he goes, I know. And, you know, and they finally have this heart to heart moment about what's really going on. And then they figure out that the doctor's already slipped his protective bracelet on Amy's wrist and nobody yeah. noticed. <laughs> yeah. And that's I, when Amy looks up at a screen and sees the doctor adjusting his bow tie. <laughs> <laughs> I got I got the feels so bad with this episode because you know uh it it affected me the first time i watched it but it affected me Mm -hmm. so much more after having seen their later episodes you know what i'm saying because you have that foreknowledge now of what is to come and so because of that foreknowledge this episode you know with this scene in it has that much more power 
because you're, mm-hmm. you know, you're thinking of how this relates to what is to come, you know? And yeah, I really got the feels with this scene, uh, especially when he looks at her and he says, you know, look, it's no secret that, you know, through our entire relationship, I've always loved you more than you've loved me. And she looks at him like he physically slapped her in the face, you know? Right. And which she does to him, you know, and, and it, and at that point you're starting to realize that, she doesn't really understand sometimes how she can come off to him, you know, with her abrasiveness and things like that. This is probably her, uh, her aha moment or whatever, you know, where she's starting to suddenly realize, Oh crap, this is how he thinks that I feel about him because of the way that I have interacted with him over the years and things like that, you know? And, and at that point, you know, you can sort of kind of see the light bulb start to come on in her brain of, you know, this is how I've made him feel, you know. And and at that point, you know, he starts to talk about, you know, look, I waited 2000 years for you, you know, and and that's when she reveals to him, look, you know, I gave you up because you wanted kids. You know, I gave you up mm-hmm. so that you could be with somebody who could give that to you. And she looks at him and she goes, you waited 2000 years for me, but that's nothing compared to how hard it was for me to give you up. And that's yeah. when, that's when he first starts to realize, Oh crap. I didn't realize just how strongly she felt about me, you know? And so they've, it was like that took that moment for them to realize just how much they meant to one another. And, mm-hmm. and you know, it was like, I'm sitting here and I'm thinking, why didn't you guys have this conversation already? You know, why did you have to go, that's, you know, the long way around? Why did you have to, you know, do everything the hard way? You see what I'm saying? Um, right, right. And that's, that is one of, that is my biggest issue with yeah. this episode is the fact that it got to this point. Yeah. Because with the two of them, it shouldn't have, I feel, you know, yeah. it, it, they, it would have come out earlier. And I think, and, that, and that's, and it's not, you know, anything on the acting performance of the two of them, which was great. Yeah. It's just the story writing in that case. It went to the extreme. Yeah. It, 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 what it felt like is we, we're going down, sliding down the slippery slope of their relationship. We get to about halfway down the hill and then we jump to the bottom before, and you miss that section in the middle. Right. Is what it felt like they did. And then they crawl back up to the middle to have the conversation that they should have had before, before they can mend it back up, you know, to, you know, before they can mend it and get back to the top of the hill. Um, And and that's my biggest issue with this, this episode. Yeah. The only reason that I was able to uh, be okay with this is because of how they had already set it up in the past about how closed off Amy can be and how she doesn't like to talk about her feelings and stuff so much. And so because of that, I was able to say, well, that is the only reason why I could see why it would have gotten to this point is because she literally just would not open up to him. Yeah. Uh, that, so that was the only way I was able to justify it, you know, and, and if you look at it from that point of view, I mean, it kind of makes sense, but it still feels like that because of, especially knowing what we know about them in further episodes down the road, you know, it, it feels like that it never should have gotten to that point, you know? Right. So now that we've gotten Rory and Amy sorted out, uh, the doctor has to figure out 
you know, the answers to that nagging question, where do you get the milk and the eggs? Yeah. Um, <laughs> and he, to get to Oswin, he has to go through intensive care. What's intensive <laughs> care? I don't know. <laughs> Turns out all the Daleks are survivors of previous encounters with the doctor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which that was cool. I like that idea, is that intensive care is all the Daleks that survived the Doctor. Well, and not only that, they're all in kind of a catatonic state, you know, it's like, yeah. it's like, they're, it, you know, you can kind of picture them inside of their little tank uh, suit, just kind of sitting there twitching, you know, <laughs> you know. <Right. laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, muttering under their breath about, you know, incoherent nonsense and yeah. all that stuff. Um <laughs> Daleks don't really care about PTSD. Um, oh. Daleks don't really treat PTSD. Uh, <laughs> they cause PTSD. <laughs> that is true. Um, essentially, they uh, the Daleks break out as the Doctor gets to the door behind which Oswin is. Right. Uh, he can't get it open, and she can't get it open fast enough. And so as these Daleks are coming for the Doctor with their sucker arms, because, you know, the guns are removed <laughs> for their own protection, probably. Um, <laughs> but they can still uh, self-destruct. So That is true. Yeah. Uh, Oswin hacks into the what the Doctor calls the Pathweb, which is the Daleks' shared information center that he hasn't even been able to hack into. Right. Uh, and erases all the data on the doctor. And the Daleks just sort of forget him and return to their cells. And you go, well, that's weird. And then the doctor goes, how did you hack into the, the path web? And she, you know, repeats something she's been saying quite a bit. Uh, genius. You know, she's a <laughs> genius. He finally gets inside the door. And Oswin is getting her things together to leave. And she looks at her screen to see him standing in the doorway, not moving at all. And she goes, what's going on? And this is where the doctor's suspicions are finally, unfortunately, confirmed. Yeah. Oswin Oswald was a real person. But since she was a genius... And she went down that ladder out of the escape pod and found herself in intensive care. She was captured, converted by the nanocloud, and then put into a full conversion and is now a Dalek. Except for that little bit of her mind that still refuses to give in. What did you think about this? I thought it was interesting because um, we got to basically see what a Dalek would be like with a human brain in it. And to me personally, I would have liked to have seen them play with that idea of what if the doctor had actually saved her and she had remained human on the inside, but just still be a Dalek. I think that would be an interesting concept, you know, of the one Dalek in the universe who just ends up being kind of the doctor's ally, you know, and, and then, you know, some people might think that that's cheesy or whatever. I, I think that that could be an interesting concept because, you know, it could be one of those things where 
he never knows if that switch is going to flip, you know, and and they're going to, you know, turn on him at a at a moment's notice. And so there's always that uneasiness. But, you know, at the same time, he's willing to give them the benefit of the doubt to treat them as an ally. You know, I just thought that could be kind of an interesting concept. I, I remember watching this for the first time and being completely shocked. Oh, yeah. Revelation. That was. Oh, yeah. I didn't see coming. You know, his his question about where do you get the milk of the eggs finally made sense. Yeah. Because it wasn't making any sense. And I was like, why does he keep asking that? Is it just for laughs? Because it almost seemed like that was the case earlier on. But we get to this point and it it shocked me. Yeah, I agree. I really had no idea that that was coming. um, And see, that is first thought. That is, uh, you know, what makes uh, Stephen Moffat's writing such uh, a good thing to me in this series is uh, he knows how to play with those uh, those things that we think we understand, but then do we really understand them? You see what I'm saying? Um, right. He, he takes what we think we already know and kind of turns it sideways and says, okay, let's look at it from a different side or let's look at it from a different point of view. You know, let's, you know, flip it upside down and see what's on the inside, that kind of thing, you know? And Mm -hmm. so I really enjoy seeing those episodes that he's written because I always know that there's going to be something in there that's going to kind of play with what we already know and and maybe use it in a way that we've not seen it before. Right. And, you know, after the shock of it all and the, the conversation that ensues as the doctor tries to talk Oswin through what has happened to her, she, for one brief moment, you know, reverts to a Dalek personality and then regains control of herself and basically tells the doctor to run. She's going to uh, drop the shields to begin the bombardment, and she's telling the doctor to run back to the teleport room so that they can escape. Yeah. And she will stay there. Uh, and... When he finally agrees to it, she leaves him with this now famous line that we've heard over and over again. Yeah. Run, you clever boy, and remember. And at that point, you actually see in her eyes where it seems like she remembers something herself. Uh, The expression on her face and everything, and the fact that she almost breaks the fourth wall, you know, it it, it gives you the impression that, oh, she just remembered something herself because... You know, of course, we have foreknowledge now that we didn't have then. But even when I watched it the first time, I was like, okay, she knows something now that she didn't remember before. Right. The doctor races through, you know, the now exploding asylum uh, towards the teleport room where Rory and Amy have decided to wait for the rest of their lives for him, however long that takes, and are, uh, you know, deep in a smooch when he runs into the room uh, and he cannot get them out of it. Yeah. Uh, so finally he just takes the control and, you know, for God's sake, and activates the teleport. Um, at the last possible I, moment. I love that. Too. I thought it was hilarious. <laughs> oh, for God's sake. You know? <laughs> but that's what he wanted to begin with, you know? I mean, his whole goal right. was to fix their situation. <laughs> right, but you know when they become so oblivious of the <laughs> carnage around them while they're trying to escape, I could understand his irritation. Well, they, they, they felt like the only two people in the room. <laughs> they felt like the only two people in existence. 
at that point. And they were almost non-existent because of it. <laughs> Pretty much. Uh, of course, uh, the Doctor is so good with his teleport aim that he teleports them into the TARDIS yeah. um, and starts taunting the Daleks, calling them suckers. Um, which is funny because they have suckers. Uh, yeah. And <laughs> when he actually pokes his head out of the TARDIS, uh, they demand to know who he is. This, like, this was, who are you? Yeah, this was pretty good. Too. And he's like, don't you know me? I'm the doctor. I, you know, <laughs> the oncoming storm, you know, all this stuff. And they're like, that makes no sense. You know, doctor who? Yeah. And soon the entire <laughs> Dalek Parliament begins asking Doctor Who? Doctor Who? Doctor Who? The Doctor smiles, says, Oh, Oswin, you did it to them all. And then, with one parting remark, says to the Daleks, You're never going to stop asking. And then takes off in the TARDIS. Yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. The Doctor drops Amy and Rory back off at their house. Amy invites Rory back into the house, which, you know, makes him very excited. Oh, so yeah. Starts... Yeah, but that's not all she was implying, let's be honest. <laughs> right. <laughs> she gives him that wink and that nudge of the head, like, are you coming? You know, and he's like, right. he starts basically doing the happy dance or something, you know, and she's like, I can still see you. I can, see you. <laughs> I can still see you. He regains his composure. He's like, oh, oh, um, oh. <laughs> And it's so funny because you know as well as I do, there's probably not a single guy alive that has not at least done that on the inside. You know what I'm saying? Right. <laughs> oh. And then the episode ends with the doctor so pleased with himself and the whole idea of the entire Dalek race asking Doctor Who that he's repeating that over and over again to himself yeah. as he whizzes around the TARDIS console getting ready for the next adventure. Uh, and that's where we end Asylum of the Daleks. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, you, you almost get the, the impression, though, that he had foreknowledge of their situation in their marriage before he showed up, or before they showed up with him. You know, you almost get, Possibly. You know, you almost get that impression because he never says anything about it. But it, he just keeps giving them this look like, you know what I'm saying? Like, like he knows, right. but he's not going to say that he knows, you know. Right. And so I, I find that interesting. And 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 I'm not trying to say this is this way or this is that way or whatever. But th the only reason that I think that that kind of thing is interesting is because of the speculation that there has been online that the final five episodes that have Amy and Rory in them are actually told out of order from the doctor's perspective. That is, it's not out of order. Mm. You know, they, the speculation is that it's not out of order for Amy and Rory, but it's, it's told out of order for the doctor basically uh, maybe told in reverse or something almost, you know, um, because I, ha I know, have seen that. I yeah. have to watch the last five to, you know, the, their last five episodes to really, you know, even approach yeah, the theory. Because, um, I, because I, I do remember when I first watched it, hearing that theory mm -hmm. and, you know, going, mm, I don't see it. Um, 
but I'd have to watch them all well, again in quick succession with that theory in mind yeah, the to reason, really give it any decent thought. The reason why I think that it could possibly work that way is because uh, considering what happens in their final episode uh, together on the show, um, it would almost be like he is using the opportunity to go back in time and revisit them uh, because he, he doesn't, he's not ready to say goodbye yet. And, you know, it's kind of his way of being able to see them in their past because he knows he can no longer see them in their future. Um, if, if that makes sense, Uh, it, it, it could, but then the, the deep depression that he's in, uh, when we get to the Christmas special with the snowmen, doesn't quite make as much sense if you if you do it that way you know if he's doing this in reverse i think you know to say goodbye then mm-hmm. in a sense he's you know getting to the point where he can to to some extent let them go right and when we're but when we see the doctor in the snowman for the christmas special he's not there no at all no and he's he's already changed his costume and everything so, you know, I, he's in a deep depression and, you know, he, instead of trying to move on, he's stopped. Right. And so that more than anything makes me think that that's not the case. Right. Um, that that theory isn't true. Uh, but like I said, I'd have to watch it all together with well, that <clears throat> thought in it, mind. It would be really... interesting to be able to piece them together in a specific order for it to all still make sense, you know, if you did it that way. But, you know, obviously his timeline and our timeline would not be the same because, you know, he can travel back and forth through time and he could see us at any point in time that he wanted to technically, you know. And so really and truly, he could go back in time and visit a past companion if he wanted to. He just doesn't choose to do so. And I think the idea and I think especially when you get the idea of uh, Sarah Jane. Right. Coming back and and getting to that point where. 10 says goodbye to her for the last time and, you know, sort of getting the idea that, you know, she's grown old and grown past him right. with a family and responsibilities of his own. I think that sort of cements in his mind that once they leave, you don't really go back. Right. Um, unless it's an extreme situation. So I get the feeling that the doctor doesn't like looking backwards. Um, yeah. He's either, he's always trying to face forward and either move on or, not <laughs> the only reason that I could see this being an exception is because of the fact that they do kind of become his family, you know, because of his relationship with River and that kind of thing, you know. And so that would be kind of my only, I guess, headcanon, you know, exception uh, because of that. But then you've got Sarah Jane's comment as she yeah. says goodbye, you know, that he's got the biggest family on Earth. You know, he really almost treats them all as family to some extent so it just so happens that this time that's actually literally the case right you know (laughs) Um, so anyway yeah which reminds um, me of the episode where they had uh, a place waiting for him at christmas you know and he was thinking okay it's time for me to leave and they're like where do you think you're going you're you're spending christmas with us you know and the look uh, on his face was like really really Really, you know, <laughs> like, you know, almost <laughs> like he was a joyous child or something, you know. Uh, right. <laughs> All right. How many Daleks would you rate Asylum of the Daleks? Well, uh, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, I Not as much as I have enjoyed some of the others, but I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I, 
you know, once I had come to terms with the reason for the discrepancy with the Dalek DNA and that kind of thing, uh, it didn't bother me anymore. You know, everything else at that point kind of made sense. And so, um, that, you know, being that that didn't take me out of it or anything. Um, and I was able to just kind of immerse myself in the story. Uh, I, I would think I would give it maybe an eight and a half. Yeah. Um, I enjoyed this episode. My favorite parts of this episode are the, uh, the doctor and Oswin parts. Um, yeah. I, I've obviously talked about the impossible about, you know, girl. My, yes. The impossible girl who we will later know as someone else. Um, <laughs> as if you guys don't already know. Um, <laughs> but Spoilers. I, you know, I mean, I, exactly. <laughs> I, I've already talked about my, my issues with, the, where the writers place Amy and Rory's relationship right. uh, to begin with. That being said, their story is also very well done. It's a good episode. Um, mm-hmm. as, as I said at the beginning, I don't think it's a great episode. Um, so that being said, I'm going to give this a, a nice, solid seven. You okay. know, uh, it, it's okay. it's it's not one of my favorites. It's good. Um, I'll well, rewatch it. I like. I enjoyed rewatching it. So. Seven's a good, nice, solid number for me. I kind of feel like the reason why this was set up this way for them to have this conversation and everything was so that it could build up into what we come to see in their final episode uh, because it, it made that final episode for me even more powerful, having seen this conversation between them at this point. You know, and so Which conversation between who? Between Amy and Rory in this episode. You know, having okay. heard, you know, having heard them have this conversation, it made that ending their story the way it ended. It made it even more powerful for me, you know, and okay. I think I think that that's got something to do with the reason why Stephen Moffat decided to to set it up this way was because he was setting the stage for what was to come, you know, and I don't I don't necessarily think that it felt natural in that you know, progression, because if it was going to happen, it seemed like we would have gotten an indication of it in the previous season. Um, mm. But and I, didn't. <laughs> I, I feel like, I feel like that's the reason why he probably set it up this way was so that when you got to their final episode, it would really feel that much more powerful, you know? Yeah. I could see that because I'll be honest with that. you. Uh, when we watched, I watched the final episode with my wife and she was sitting there and she was going, no, 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 you can't do that. You know, and I'm going, you kind of can, you know, and she's like, no, they can't do that. That's just horrible. You know, and I'm like, yeah, you kind of, you kind of can, you know, it it really affected her, you know? Yeah. Um, And she had seen uh, the, the previous four episodes before that. And I think that this part of this episode fed into that feeling that she had, you know, later on. Yeah. I mean, I, I can see the situation being, you know, I can see why they put them in this situation. I just think it was a little unnatural the way too, they put too them in sudden. this situation. Too sudden. Yeah. All right. Well, let's let's stop running around that bush. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, is there anything else you want to talk about? I am looking forward to our next episode. Yeah. Yeah. Our next episode well, let's just say it's a, it's a big one. It's a, for many reasons. That one, it's a longer episode. Uh, two, it's the 50th anniversary. Episode. <laughs> yes. Three, uh, it's called the Day of the Doctor. 
<laughs> and um, I'm excited. I am excited about that. Um, oh, and I just noticed Day of the Doctor was also written by Stephen Moffat and directed by Nick Huron. It's the same team that wrote yeah. and directed both of those episodes. So <laughs> I'm excited about that. But if you guys want to uh, weigh in on your thoughts on the Day of the Doctor, and, and yes, folks, we, we could have put in uh, the Pandorica opens and the Big Bang in here if we wanted to try and make our discussion of the 50th anniversary episode, our 50th episode, but we're not going to do that. We want to do something special and something different uh, for our 50th episode <laughs> um, <laughs> rather than yeah. just continue on our, our Dalek story review. So we're going to, uh, we're going to go ahead and do the day of the doctor next. Uh, we'll take a quick break from our Dalek stuff to do our 50th episode. And then we'll wrap up our Dalek story reviews with episode 51 and into the Dalek. And guys, uh, we, we realize that this is not a Dalek heavy episode that's coming up. We, but this is the only glimpse we get of the time war between the time Lords and the Daleks. And this is the only chance we get to talk about the war doctor. So right. Let us have, we're going to take that, up. you know, <laughs> right. right. So yeah, we're, we're, we're going to, we're going to take our, our opportunity. And I think we both really enjoy yeah. uh, the day of the doctor. So um, I know I do. <laughs> so that's the plan. We'll do our 50th episode, then we'll wrap up the Dalek story reviews uh, with episode 51 into the Dalek. And then if you want to hear about any of our other Dalek episodes, you'll have to go back and listen to the ones from season nine. So, yes, yes. Uh, the Magician's Apprentice and the Witch's Familiar. Yes. Uh, we've got an episode devoted to those already. So uh, moving forward, if we've already talked about it, you'll want to go back and catch those episodes. That being said, after Into the Dalek, kind of up to you guys what we talk about next uh we're gonna leave it up to you so right around the time we get this episode posted on our social media we will start promoting a poll that we have set up uh to decide whether or not we go the direction of the master or the direction of the cybermen uh for our next uh story reviews as we you know try and chew up some time between now and series 10. <laughs> so but there's a little bit more uh, feedback that we're asking for on that as well, but that's the primary question on the, the poll. Mm -hmm. uh, so we don't just want that feedback from you. We want all of the feedback we can get from you. So, you know, we're kind of putting that out there as well, you know? Yeah. So look for that on our social media um, and please, please, please respond to it. Cause we want, we want to know what you guys want to hear. Um, and, and we've had a ton of fun doing these Dalek episode reviews, but there's only so many of them and we can't do them forever. And I'm sure everyone is getting tired of hearing us go exterminate at the end of every episode. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, we can but, still do uh, it every once in a while, you know, <laughs> I'm sure I'm sure we will. Um, uh. <laughs> but yeah, uh, so to find that poll, delete. Yeah, <laughs> And that's only a new Cybermen thing. Right. Um, <laughs> and so if you want to find that poll, uh, the link to that poll, or, or just give us your thoughts on some of these episodes, uh, please get in contact with us on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash Talking Time Lords. You can always tweet us at, at Talking Time Lord or email us at TalkingTimeLords at gmail.com. Now, all of our episodes, as well as links to all of our social media, are also available on our website, 
which is TalkingTimeLords.com, that being our TARDIS on the internet, because it's bigger on the inside. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anything else, Paul? I'm good. Okay. I'm going to go sleep. Well, I think I am too. <laughs> yeah, I know. But it's been an exhausting week for the both of us. And the only thing we need to exterminate now is some Z's. Um, there you go. <laughs> so with that, uh, thank you everybody so much for listening to this episode of Talking Time Lords. This has been episode number 48, Asylum of the Daleks Story Review. For Paul, I'm Jason. And remember, until next time, may you hope far-flung hopes and dream dreams of eggs. <laughs> 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 Thanks, guys. <laughs> Talking Time Lords is a proud member of the Thunderquack Podcast Network. Visit thunderquack.com to see their entire catalog of podcasts, or visit patreon.com/thunderquack to help support the shows. It's like someone's trying to, to turn on a car engine, a stalled engine. Instead of it going, you know, it's.
<laughs> Where do you get the milk? <laughs> what do you think this is? A space helmet for a cow? 